Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap. Welcome back to another edition of the Black Letter Podcast. With us today, we have Rhonda Miller, remote. We're in a blackout situation once again, COVID-19 and a global pandemic, and add to that the presidential election. Rhonda's going to talk today a little bit about how to protect your assets during a global pandemic and a presidential election. And without further ado, I'm going to dive right into the questions, Rhonda. First, what is the most important law that passed in 2020 that affects people when it comes to planning for their wealth management and their assets in this day and age and during a global pandemic? This year, the most important piece of legislation that passed was, this, was the SECURE Act. And I think that it did not get a lot of play because shortly after it went into effect, which was January 1, 2020, our entire nation came to a screeching halt in the middle of um, March. And with everything that went on and having to stay in our homes and worry about our personal safety, it didn't get a lot of fanfare, but it really needs to have a lot of fanfare because it has such a huge impact. And the biggest impact this law has on everybody is if you are leaving your retirement funds to your children, your children can no longer use their lifetime to stretch out your retirement funds. So the old law said that if you left $500,000 to each of your two children, so you have a million dollars in retirement funds and you left 500 to each of your children, they could roll over those retirement funds and stretch them out over their lifetime. And this really had very little impact on your children, except your children could grow that money. And when they were over 60, 59, or when they were set, they have to at 72, take the money out and start drawing it down based on their own life expectancy. And that's just a simple way to put it. Now the new law, this is as of January 1st of this year, the new law says they have to take the money out in 10 years. So this is a very different set of circumstances. So this could be if you pass away and your child is in their 20s, they will have 10 years from 22 to 32 to take the money out. Or if you, your children are older, they may have 10 years from their 50 to 60 to take it out. If your children are minors, they can still let it grow, let it grow until they're 18. But when the oldest one reaches the age of 18, that's when the 10-year period starts. Now, none of your documents that you currently have are written this way. So the first thing I need to say, if you already have your estate plan finished, bravo, but you need to come in and change your documents so they reflect the new law. And the other thing that's problematic is 
well, what's going to happen if your children have 10 years to take the money out and what are they going to do with that money? Right. I imagine it's particularly challenging if you have a number of children and the oldest one hits 18 and you have a five-year-old and their money, they have to take it out by the time they're 15 all of a sudden because that first child's triggered that withdrawal period. Is that, is that how that works? It is how it works. So the first trial triggers the withdrawal period. And again, documents can be drafted a new way so that triggering won't happen, but the documents have to be completely redrafted. If they are in the current state that they're in, they will not work. Yeah. What's the best way to do this? So the best way to do it and the best solution that we've come up with is really talking to clients about the 10-year rule and asking them, are they comfortable with the 10-year rule? And I will say most clients say no. They don't like the idea of children getting a lot of money over 10 years. And one of the reasons is because when you look at it, it's going to knock a child up into an extra tax bracket or two. And so no one really wants to see their children pay more taxes. Because the idea behind giving people retirement account money is that the money is supposed to go to them. It's not supposed to go to the IRS. And so no one's too thrilled about that. So what planners have come up with is we recommend that clients take their retirement assets and leave it to their children. If you're married, you can leave it to your spouse first. But no matter what, ultimately, when it goes to the children, you want it to go to the children in a charitable remainder trust. Using this trust will allow them to stretch it out for 20 years, not 10. Gotcha. Okay. So that gives them more flexibility. Is there, setting aside the charitable remainder trust in that particular issue right now, is there anything else that people should update as a result of COVID-19 or anything else they should consider? Well, the other thing that's very important, I think if any of us have gone to the doctor's in the last six months, we realized that there's a lot of telehealth going on. If you've had an elective surgery, my daughter is 18 and she had to have ankle surgery and I wasn't allowed to actually meaningfully participate in any of her doctor's appointments because I wasn't allowed to go in with her because of the health and safety regulations. And I'm actually wasn't allowed to go to the hospital with her when she had her surgery. I had to stay outside. And I think this is not an isolated incident to my situation. It's pretty much across the board. It's being reported to me from all of my clients. And so we're doing a lot of redrafting of people's documents to include telemedicine, video conferences. You know, you can speak to my agent with a phone call, telemedicine, and all of this type of stuff. So the doctors can actually talk to the person's agent, or even if they're not sick, just saying it's okay. Right. Another issue we've run into is the inability of people being able to get on a plane. So if I am the healthcare power of attorney for a parent, and my parent is located, and this is an example, located in Texas, if I can't get on a plane to Texas and take care of things out there, maybe they want to look, name someone local to them for that person to be boots on the ground there as opposed to the person that has to get on the plane, because it's really tough to do at this moment. Right. Okay. Rhonda, is there anything else that we want to close up with that we want to remind people of during this kind of time of global pandemic and planning? And Last night was the first of three debates. So we might as well talk about the election. And without really talking about who's going to win the election, obviously it's 
possible that we are going to have, I mean, we're definitely going to have somebody elected as president and it may not be the same party. It may be, I don't know. And I really don't know. And I, I'm not going to say anything about anything other than what we know is what we have in the current law right now is the estate tax and gift exemption, meaning that this is what you can give for your lifetime is over $11.5 million. Whether or not that continues after 2020 is unknown. I really don't know. So if you have a large estate and you need to deal with that estate and you want to get money outside of your taxable estate, my advice is to deal with what is known. And that means the law as we sit here today allows you and your spouse, if you are married, to each gift out of your estate over $11.5 million. And if that needs to be done, then get it done. And get it done before the end of this year. Because you don't know whether or not that law is going to be in there next year. And so I would encourage people to finish their estate planning. I would encourage people to go back and revisit their estate planning to include the telemedicine and all of the the new language that I'm suggesting, because it doesn't seem like the virus is going anywhere. Great. And then again, we need to deal with the new law that came out if you have retirement assets, because if you have a current estate plan, it's not correct. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Rhonda. Key takeaways that I have are you've got to revisit your estate plan in light of the new law that passed in January of 2020. You've got to make sure that there's some provision for telemedicine access in this day and age of a global pandemic. And then the third big thing is if you have a large estate, it's an election year. And I think we can all agree that the debate was a disaster for everybody. (laughs) Well, thanks, Rhonda, so much for joining us. And thank you, audience at Black Letter Podcast. Download us wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes or the Google Play Store. And you can visit our website at blackletterstudio.com. We'll see you next time with the Black Letter Podcast. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com. 